to Thriving with a Chronic Illness. I am your host, Smiling Sonia, and I share ideas, tools, and strategies I've learned living with and recovering from recurrent viral meningitis. I've undergone mindset shifts that have helped me move from just living to striving with a chronic illness. I know what it's like to worry about taking extended sick leave or losing a job through chronic illness. I share how you can become financially stable with the peace of mind that you have enough money saved to prepare for those emergencies and cover future financial goals. Good morning. Smiling Sonia here. It is Wednesday, the 3rd of February, 2021. I'm feeling quite excited at the moment. Um, at the beginning of my walk, I don't usually start recording my journal until I've reached the woods. But time. <laughs> uh, um, I'm out later than normal and um, that's part of, my, part of my excitement is I've got an appointment at nine o'clock this morning with a mentee so I'm a mentor <laughs> uh, I'm going to be touching on a few subjects possibly I'm going to see where my head goes with this really this morning Mentoring, uh, self-acceptance, striving, being ordinary, visibility. I'm throwing all those in the mix. Mainly because the thoughts that came into my head this morning and I wasn't quite sure where I wanted to land with it. I am walking. It's dryish. It's been raining, but it's dry at the moment. It's light, so the mornings are getting lighter, and that's nice. <clears throat> I do like this time of year, and it's it's the anticipation that the weather is going to get warmer. And the days are going to be longer as well. <clears throat> Follow my morning routine as usual. And I, as I was doing my squats this morning, so this morning, Wednesday, my workout, I worked on my biceps <clears throat> and I did two routines for my biceps. And I'm doing 100 squats each day as well and as I was doing my squats <coughs> ooh, which I do in front of a mirror <laughs> and is that because I'm vain? <laughs> well I do it in front of a mirror I like to exercise in front of a mirror and mainly because of form and over the years, 
I've learned the importance of, especially when using weights, of holding them properly, doing the movements properly, not going too fast. And I find that when I can see what I'm doing, and I can keep to form. So as I was watching myself this morning, doing each of the squats and making sure that each time I did it, it was exactly how I think it should be anyway. I remembered how I was a few years ago. Uh, The idea, the thought of doing a squat, (laughs) that's where it remained a thought, an idea. Just bending just slightly was so painful. Getting up and so sitting down on a chair on the sofa, it was literally, uh, I kind of fell, <laughs> if you know what I mean, because, because obviously the squats are, you're sitting down, aren't you? And that movement of sitting was so painful that I'd, I'd bend to a point and literally just drop onto the chair, drop onto the sofa. Sometimes painful when it's a hard chair. And, uh, yes, <laughs> and yes, there was a weight thing there, but I also thought at the time, well, you know, my knees are so bad as well. And it's, yes, I, you know, I lost a ton of weight, but it was what the physio said to me that changed things, because even though I'd, I'd lost the weight, and I joined a running group for a while and we'd do warm-up exercises and I'd always sort of sit out or stand out when they were doing squats because I thought, well, you know, I can't do squats because of my knees, etc, etc or I'd try and do sort of half squats and then seeing a a physio because I I had this sort of growth on my my knee uh, where I had my operation (laughs) my massive scar she said oh no squats are squats are good I mean yes it'll be painful but you're not doing any additional damage and hearing that I thought oh okay and so here I am doing these full squats I mean full so so when I'm looking at myself I'm I'm seeing this person who (laughs) Seeing where I was a few years ago and seeing... So there's a, part, yeah, there's a part of me seeing myself doing an exercise that at one point I would never even have considered. And the thing about squats is that if I don't do them for a while, when I do start doing them, it is painful. It is, it is quite painful. But I get to the point where it feels easier. I mean, I still have some discomfort, but... It's not pain that I want to stop. So, so as well as doing doing it for the form, uh, it's when I look at myself, it is a reminder of how far I've come, and maybe that's what it is—a reminder of how far I've come, and to continue what I'm doing. 
Yes. So I wanted to just share share that with you. And so maybe in going into what what I want to talk about today. I I've set myself up as a mentor. I think I've spoken about mentors in the past. Uh, coaches, mentors, and how I've been helped by mentors who have worked directly with me or mentors that I've chosen and I've followed them, whether through books they've written, YouTube videos that they've recorded, or podcasts, or blogs that I've read. And I just know how important it is to have somebody, uh, somebody you can, I mean, if it's a physical mentor, of course, that you can talk with them, have a conversation, share your thoughts. Because the idea, for me, the idea of being a mentee is I want to achieve something. I want to move forward in my life in some way and the realisation that it's I can do so much myself but there's a point at which there needs to, I need some help and uh, yeah just need some help <laughs> that's where to put it so I I'm mentoring a young black woman uh, who works in my organisation. And we're at the very start of that relationship. And you know when you, you're in a situation and you see somebody and they're talking and you know this person has aspirations and they, they want to move forward. You see that they really want to grow as a person. But there are obstacles in their way. And I was in this situation and I thought, actually, I am in a position where I can offer some support to this person. Because if I remember being where she was and I remember struggling and I didn't have anybody to give me any guidance and I would have so wished if there was someone in my position in the position that I am in now if they had seen me and reached out to me and so that's what I did and I did it quite tentatively I think she may not want me to be her mentor but uh, she was very happy about the idea and we we had a, a meeting and then I went off sick then it's Christmas etc so we've arranged a meeting at 9 o'clock this morning and I am really excited I am really excited and I, I'm somebody who also likes to prepare I and I think I did speak about this 
before. So many years ago when I took on a new role in the organisation, not the role that I'm in now, and, and then we, uh, the team recruited three new people. And during that, during that process, I remembered what it was like for me when I started. And so I went away. I bought a book about mentor, mentoring, how to, how to develop a mentoring programme, read a low ton of stuff, put together this paper as to um, the importance of having a mentor scheme and how it would work, blah, blah, blah. Put it to my manager, who liked it, and the scheme was implemented with these, two, these three new members of staff. And what happened, <coughs> ideally, what should have happened is, uh, I think, a, a member of the, the current team should have taken on one of the new ment mentees. I ended up uh, taking on all three, which was fine, but really, on hindsight... But you've got to be, I guess, when it comes to mentoring, it's got to be something that you, you can invest yourself in. And not everyone is into that. So, so I think I had that in my, my mind when I was thinking about this. So I'm excited about it. Uh, this morning, <laughs> I went to YouTube and I put in mentoring. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> a, vis a video came up about uh, how the, you know, preparing for the first mentor uh, meeting. And I thought, wow. So whilst I was doing my workout this morning, I was, I was listening to that. And I've actually sent, sent it to my mentee, okay, just so that she has something. Because well, uh, if I send it to her, she'll have the opportunity to see it and then we can be sort of singing from the same hymn sheet as they say <clears throat> so I wanted to share that because and the other, the other element of this which I didn't mention is she's a black employee okay? I'm black and, and maybe that's the key thing here uh, that when I started <coughs> in the, in the organisation there were no black female managers uh, that I could look to uh, and sort of think, actually, that's, that's where I'd like to be. And I know that this young black woman, she has aspirations to be a manager. <laughs> I know that. And, uh, and, and, and what, if I can, if I can support in some way, why not? You know... Her, her journey doesn't have to be as long and arduous as mine. So, so I guess that's where I'm, I'm coming from. I, as I said, I had a number of things in my head this morning. And something that I heard that, I, that sort of interested me was, I saw something thriving versus self-acceptance. And I thought, hmm, that's, that's interesting. Because it was thriving versus self-acceptance. And I, I was listening to a discussion, and people were sort of exploring this. And as I was listening, I was trying to work out for myself 
what I thought about this. And my podcast, of course, is called Thriving with a Chronic Illness. And uh, uh, <clears throat> I, came, I decided to use the word thriving, having gone through a process of, with my chronic illness, feeling that I'm a victim. You know, it's something that's been done to me. Something that I have no control over. And then I, I'm trying to think whether surviving or living came first. And I think maybe surviving, survivor. And whilst I think maybe survivor is a bit better <laughs> than being a victim, surviving also, I think, has a bit of a a negative um, feel about it. Surviving. Oh, there's effort there. Oh gosh, I've just survived that. And so it feels like maybe there's still this weight. There's a weight on that, on that word survival. There's so much that seems to be, it seems to be, to be looking back trying to work this out for myself I think it's kind of looking back because I'm surviving from something so the focus is still on that something uh, and then living living I've got to put well I'm living with something and living <sighs> I think feels a bit bland <laughs> yeah I just got to live with it a tonality there isn't there yeah just got, I suppose I've got to live with it again it's a is it resignation I'm not sure and uh, I think I've just made a, a potential link with self with self acceptance so hopefully I can hold on to that idea as I carry on with the thriving thing so and I when I originally uh sort of come up with an came up with a name for the podcast. I think it was living and thriving. So I think I think I sort of because I thought about thriving and I thought living and thriving. And because I I think I still wanted this is something I've got to live with. You know, I've got to live with this. Okay, but I'm but I'm also thriving. <laughs> And when I re-looked at the title, maybe because I wanted to shorten it, who knows, I, I took off the living with, and when I just read thriving with, it had a completely different feel, because thriving felt like it's something about moving forward, and it's... It's growing, it's expanding, it's, it's better than, <laughs> okay, and whether in spite of, despite, I don't know, there's something about the word thriving, and I, 
I did do my bit of research and looked up the meaning. can't tell you what it is at the moment in terms of the dictionary um, meaning. I think striving for me is also about getting the best out of, being the best of, if that makes sense. So there's that side. And then... The self-acceptance, and I've, and again, I've spoken about self-acceptance and in relation to my chronic illness and, and also in relation to decisions I've made in, in the past. And I think <laughs> the biggest one, obviously, around finances, which is why for me, you know, my, my financial well-being is so important. And as I said, I'm not, I'm not an expert on finances. Uh, this is all about self-education and knowing where I was in terms of how I felt, looking at my situation and deciding that there's something that I, I needed to do to change things. And I think here's the thing about self-acceptance, because there was this debate, I guess, as to, uh, about self-acceptance and that, that there, there may be two parts there's a self-acceptance where you can accept a situation but be complacent and there's the self-acceptance where you can accept a situation and, and want to change but still, still change things and I guess I think that I, I may have gone through a period of accepting my situation or maybe it's resigning myself to the situation that, I, that I'm in and that my life would be less than. That's it. So accepting but believing that my life is less than and that I will, you know, I just have to live, <laughs> live with it. And, and, and sort of get into a point where, okay, I feel okay about that. I feel okay about that. This is, this is, where, this is how things are. This is where I am. I want to accept it. At least if I can accept it, you know, I can just move on, carry on and, and live life. And I think there was a, an element of complacency because I stopped looking at whether or not I could change anything. I think I just decided I can't change anything about this. Uh, I'm going to keep getting sick. I'm going to keep going back into hospital. Okay. I remember my weight was going up. I was taking medication. I'm thinking, I can't do anything about this. Uh, it's just going to keep happening. And I'm just going to live with it. And I just became complacent. And, Yeah. <laughs> So I was interested in the other side of self-acceptance. And there may be more, <laughs> but this is just me exploring things today. Uh, where the, there's a self-acceptance. And I think for me, the self-acceptance was, yes, I have this condition. Uh, yes, it stems from something, a decision that I made 
at the age of 18. Okay, at the age of 18. And, uh, gosh, that's 30. Gosh, because I'm 58 now. But, oh, gosh. Exactly. Is that 30 years ago? Wow. And things that come to, to your mind. Uh, 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 so I accept it, but I was, I felt kind of dead. And so what changed was I thought, well, okay, that, that's going to happen, but there's nothing to stop me from trying to what 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 do i have some control over that may or may not have a positive impact on my health so in terms of it may or may not reduce the number of times i i get a viral meningitis flare-up or attack but what it would do is on a day-to-day basis i would feel like i'm living a good life I would feel like I'm moving forward. I would feel good. And it came, I think this gratitude always seems to come into this. Because I, I, I know that I, I started feeling grateful for what I did have. And focusing on what I did have. And also, because I had started to make some changes, to be grateful that I am someone who is not willing <laughs> to just lie down <laughs> and say that's it because I'm not I am someone who <laughs> will not accept <laughs> so that's kind of a bad turn that there is absolutely nothing that I can do and, and if you're in a conversation with me you may find this uh, when sort of trying to solve a problem, and and I will will look at something and say, well, this is, and I'll be, sort of, and I'll be, I'll not want to accept that there isn't another solution, that there isn't another way of, of dealing with that. And so, whilst there's a there's a self acceptance on one hand, there's a part of me that um, I'm able to say, okay. I can accept this part, but I need to, I need to be very, really, really sure. <laughs> I need to be really sure that there isn't anything else that we can do. Or I think my thing is, well, how can I do things maybe differently to still get what I want, get to where I want to, to go? And so I think the sort of the thriving... The thriving probably came out of a, a sort of a, yes, a, a self-acceptance of my situation, and so then I stopped beating myself up, stopped just focusing on what I couldn't change, which is in the past, and started focusing on look, even if I can change one small thing. And feel good about that one small thing. And I remember, for me, the one small thing was, because moving and exercise and sports is so important, and being ill and the fatigue and stuff, I thought, if I, can, if I can go out, if I can walk for five minutes each day, so every day, every day, so that was my commitment, commitment to myself, 
to just go for a five-minute walk. Five minutes every day. And if, all that's, if that's all I could do, that's five minutes. And, and, and that's how it started. And I got up to the point where I was running for an hour. Okay, so I worked, worked up to that over a couple of years. And although because of some other health issues, I'm not running. And again, that I needed to get to a point of <laughs> self-acceptance with that. And, and then realise, well, okay, so maybe I can't run, but I proved to myself that I, I could do it. And uh, walking. I love walking. And, you know, so you know, I can make that something that I get so much pressure from. So, yeah, uh, that's something that's... Uh, I, I, I'll probably look into that even a bit more, but as I say, when I... When I, when I this is my, my journal... And it's, I suppose it's self-growth. And, and, and maybe this is where I'll touch on the, the visibility and the ordinary bit. Because uh, I am an ordinary person. <laughs> I see myself as an ordinary person. And I think before, I think I've said I'm not somebody that wants to necessarily be the, the life and soul of a party. I, I, I don't need to be at the the focus of attention and most times I want to be invisible but I'm finding at the moment that when I and it has been for a long time it's not just now that when I learn something um, find out about something especially if it helps me or gives me some clarity on something I like to share that with others. And, 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 and I think for, for most of the time, I was quite happy about sharing that with one other person, you know, people that I, you know, socialise with. <laughs> we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and uh, I don't have visitors. The only visitors I have to my house now uh, is uh, I had the estate agents come over and uh, somebody... Uh, Oh, who's about the visitors? How did that? Oh, the, the parcels come to the door. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, I've got viewers coming in at the moment, but we can't be in the house. So I don't have that medium anymore where I might be socialising face-to-face with people and you have that you know, natural conversation that moves from one thing to the next and you find yourself digging deep into into a... Uh, subject don't really have that you might talk on zoom and teams and stuff but it's not the same i'm in the kitchen now i'm going to start my my breakfast (laughs) so so yeah i think i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah pull well yeah i'm going to i may continue this let's see uh i'm gonna stop because i want to do my my breakfast, but I think I may well continue talking about this. Okay. Hey, Smiling Sonia here, your host at Thriving with a Chronic Illness. 
Now be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out on the next episode. Now, if you liked what you heard today, be sure to visit my website, smilingsonia.com to learn more about how I can help you build an emergency fund.